unfortunately, to me, it seems that he's just a pawn in, in their plan. This is just crazy to me. Yeah, it's a lot. Did you know you were going to get into all this? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David. Yes, ma'am. Next week is Christmas. <sighs> I must share with our listeners my top three favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> Let me see if I can get some of them. Okay. Number one. All right. So is this like an order of, of your likeness? I'll, I won't make you do that. Okay, good. Um, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Ding, ding, ding. Number one. I saw mommy kiss Santa Claus. Nope. Hmm. Um, jingle bells. Nope. Sleigh ride. Nope. Um, dreaming of a white Christmas. Nope. Winter Wonderland. Nope. Oh my gosh. You don't know me very well. <laughs> Just cause I don't know your favorite stupid Christmas songs. They're not stupid. Oh, excuse me. Just because I don't know your favorite awesome Christmas songs. What's the, what's the one where the people got so upset about it a few years ago? Oh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah, that one. That's one of yours. Uh, it is one of my favorite songs, but it's not a Christmas song. When they play it at Christmas? Well, that's not one. Oh, I know. The Charlie Brown Christmas song. Nope. Oh, my God. Okay, I give up. I got one out of three. <laughs> All right. Number two will be... Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh, now I know what the other one's going to be. Okay. It's going to be the redneck Christmas song. What's it called? Merry Christmas to the family. Merry Christmas from the family. From the family. See, I know you better than I thought I did. (laughs) Robert Earl King. (laughs) I made Jackson listen to all three of them yesterday repeatedly. Do you see a trend there? There are good happy songs. What? Grandma got run over by a reindeer's happy song. Well, it's funny. And she died. <laughs> but. You didn't like your grandma very well. No, That's why. I like that song because I remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of us taking the actual record and putting it on the record player and me serenading my family. They don't call them records anymore. I know. Call them vinyl. Okay, Vinyl. Was it a 45 or a 33? 33. Good job. Really? Yeah. So you had like an album. Yeah. Wow. I think it was just Christmas songs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. So uh, I think we mentioned the um, Merry Christmas from the family last year. We did. <laughs> we had some people that went out and listened to it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. They're like, that's my new favorite song. Yeah. It is. It's, it is hilarious. But it's also, at least for some people, it's like, oh, my gosh. The most candid Christmas song ever. <laughs> I mean, all they had to do was put in some kind of fist fight at the table. And, and then it would have been like your family Christmas. Been just like my family Christmas. <laughs> I also like the 12 Days of Christmas. Oh. Mainly because of the memory of us yeah. at Carolina Christian Academy with the kids. Mm, yeah. Christmas uh, thing and us cutting a fool. Yeah. So, so listeners, close your eyes and imagine this. <laughs> We're in a, a gymnasium in a private school, and I would say there's probably 500 people there. And, you know, these are all prim and proper people. Mm-hmm. And they decide 
we're going to sing the 12 days of Christmas song and we're going to separate the audience into 12 sections. And so when it's your turn, you stand up and you sing your part of whatever day it is you were assigned. And so everybody's like, oh, that would be so cool. And so and they, they thought it would be pretty. <laughs> and I don't remember which one we had. Do you remember which one we had? No. Nah. I, I don't either. But it's six or seven or something like that. So the song starts out and everybody's like, on the first day of Christmas. And, you know, they go down the list. And then when they get to like the whatever day we're on in our section, seventh or eighth day of Christmas. I think what, it was the six geese a laying. That might be it. So, so without even discussing this, Lori and I jump up out of our seats because you're supposed to stand and we scream to the top of our lungs whatever our sisters whatever lane, lane i don't know what it is um and everybody in the gym's looking at us like what just happened and we continued doing that throughout the entire song and everybody even people in our section were sitting down like cowering and laughing it just ended up being, I think, me and you. It was. Standing up. The entire rest <laughs> of the section was like, I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> and the lady that was taking pictures, she got the best picture. It has you and I standing up, our arms up. You know, you could tell we're just screaming. Yeah. And you see one of your triplets in the background just laughing about to die. Yeah. And then you see this man that has this look like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like everybody around us was embarrassed and they weren't doing anything. It was hilarious. It, it was. It, I think when we when we first got that picture, we posted it on social media and said, tell us what's going on in this picture. And, mm-hmm. and people were like. You're at a football game, or you're at a, I don't know. No, some, we were singing a Christmas song. Yeah, it was some other sporting event, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> but, I think uh, I put the picture on the episode we did last year at Christmas. Okay. We'll have to find it and, and post it with the show notes with this one. Yeah, I'll try to do that. And uh, we need to post it back on uh, maybe the, the Not Your Kids Facebook group and just see what people you know say about it again. Yeah. You know, say, hey. What, what what are we doing here? And then, if you want to know more, listen to next week's episode. There you go. <laughs> well, David, we need to talk about our guest today. All right. This one's very, very interesting. Okay. Stepmom Kelly has been blending for five and a half years. Okay. Has stepdaughter 15, stepson 8, mm-hmm. bio son 11, bio son 6, and an hour son 8 months old. Okay. Kelly... Talked to her husband about nachoing, and he's like, no. <laughs> so he didn't go for that. <laughs> but she told him that she was having trouble homeschooling the stepson. Right. So he got his mom to homeschool <laughs> the kid. I think I'm seeing what's going to happen here. No, you're not. I'm not? Okay, go ahead. I mean, I really doubt it, unless I've told you about it. So basically... Her husband ends up going to live at his mom's. His mom lives five minutes away mm-hmm. from where him and stepmom live. Right. But he is now living with his mom when he has his son. Okay. And will maybe swing by on his way home from work or something and see Kelly. And the kids. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to his mom's house and stays with his son. Okay. Of course, this isn't working well for Kelly. 
Yeah, I, I imagine not. And the stepdaughter lives with her bio dad's stepmom. So just say his name's George. Mm-hmm. George is married to Susie. George's mother takes care of stepson during the day. Mm-hmm. And George is staying there at night with him. Mm-hmm. George's daughter. <laughs> it, it don't matter. Whatever. It, it don't help to put names on them. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does me. We'll say Holly. George's daughter, Holly, we'll just say, mm-hmm. lives with George's stepmom. Right. Now, stepdaughter has some issues. Okay. But here's the thing, and I've never talked to anybody that this has happened. The stepdaughter is alienating the stepson hmm. from their dad. Interesting. So when stepson goes to visit stepdaughter, you know, because they love each other, their sister and brother, mm-hmm. stepdaughter bashes dad, then stepson don't want to come over. Hmm. So it's basically parental alienation by a child hmm. or a sibling. So this is a very interesting interview. And I told her I want to know what happens. I want to know what's the result of this. Yeah, because when you when you really look at it and say, you know, where is this leading us? Because it sounds like they're trying to, and maybe I say they, it sounds maybe more like the husband. He's trying to solve these individual problems and issues one off. Right, as, by as keeping a, everybody separate. Right. So he's not necessarily looking at what what does this look like a year from now? Right. And we don't know. We don't know what he thinks. No, we don't. But I'm just giving my outside assessment that it you know it's kind of like if you go to the doctor and they're like well you got to cut here and you got to cut there and they're putting these little band-aids over everything but they're not looking at the the bigger picture that of, you have sepsis right it's like okay you're not treating the problems here you're just treating the visual symptoms and yeah it it seems like it's working for the day but at the end of the year you've got a disaster on your hands well, I'm really proud of the stepmom, and I told her this, because she's not rushing him. That's real good. Because if it was me. Oh, I know. And I did it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I would say, all right, I'll play your silly game. You got 30 days. <laughs> 30 days. You had moved your little butt back here and trying to work things out as far as getting everybody back to a healthy state, blah, blah, blah. Then we done. But she's not doing that. No. You would probably throw another word in there, though. You'd probably say. Silly reindeer games. Yeah, I probably would say silly reindeer <laughs> games. So she's hoping that at some point her husband will move back home when he does have stepson. Mm-hmm. And then she can start nachoing. Right. Because he's not even giving her the ability to nacho because he's basically separated everybody, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a very interesting approach to solving their issues. Yeah, this can also be akin to those people who decide to move out and have two separate places. Right. And I think what happens a lot of times now, of course, I'm not being general when I say this because I I know for some people it has worked. But a lot of times what happens is they move out and they're like, okay, things were great before we moved in together. So let's move out and we'll maintain our relationship. But what that tends to do is it just you're just not addressing the problems of being together. And so when do you come back together? Right. Because when you do, guess what? The problems are going to be there waiting on you because you never solved them. Right. And of course, stepmom feels like that she's a single mother with the baby. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure there's some resentment there because the new hours baby's not getting any 
or not, I won't say any, they're not getting as much attention from the dad as they should. Right. He does call, or like I said, come by briefly, because I asked her, I said, does he call and check on them or talk to her? Because in my head, I'm thinking if he's staying at mama's 50% of the time, and during that time, he's not even calling and checking on you and the kids and whatever, then that's a big issue. Mm -hmm. But no, he's calling and checking on the baby and her bio kids. He asked how they're doing. I think he just did not know what to do when she said, I'm struggling with homeschooling or virtual schooling, whatever. Right. Stepson. Well, well, I give him this. He's trying something. Instead of saying, too bad, suck it up. You knew what you were getting into. He's like, "I, I don't know what to do, so I'm doing this. And right or wrong, at least he's making a choice to try to do something to help the situation, which is to relieve some of the stress that bio mom's got. So hopefully he'll come around to some better ways to do it, but at least he's trying something. Exactly. So, but so you know, let's get into the interview and we can hear, we can hear from the horse's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hear the Slade Ride song when you said that. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to have an interview here with Kelly. And uh, first, a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. So how long have you been blending? Um, About five and a half years now. Okay. And how many stepkids do you have? Um, I have two stepkids. And how old are they? Um, my stepdaughter is 15 and my stepson is eight. Okay. And you have bio kids as well? Yes. And how old are they? I have my oldest is, he's going to be 11 this month. And then I have um, a six-year-old boy. And then we have one together that is eight months old. And that's a boy as well? Yes, lots of boys. Four boys and one girl. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy sometimes. Yeah. So what's the visitation schedule like with the stepkids? So it's changed a couple times. Um, Currently, we have my stepson 50-50 week on, week off. And my stepdaughter has visitation just with my husband on Wednesday nights from like 3 to 7. Okay. So she doesn't come to your house? No, not at all. I take it there were some issues with that? Yes. When we first got together, he had an every other weekend schedule. And then he moved to 50-50 with both of them. And they do have different moms. So he moved to the 50-50 week on, week off. And then about two years ago, um, she just decided she didn't want to come anymore. And it was a lot of chaos and court and he ended up, they kind of like agreed to solo visits on Wednesday nights. And that's what they've been doing for about a year now. Wow. And the court system was okay with that? The court actually suggested it. They wanted to have the one-on-one visits to kind of reinforce some bonding between dad and daughter. And they're also supposed to be doing counseling during those visits, like reunification therapy. So, okay. Yeah. Do you think part of the problems with stepdaughter stems from issues from the bio mom? 
I think a lot of it is that I think that they, uh, my husband and bio mom were very young when they had her. So she's been raised by grandma. And if you think that parents can have guilty parent syndrome, grandparents have guilty parent syndrome, I think like 10 times worse. So (laughs) she's been heard it referred to as self-governing. She kind of just has free range to do what she wants. And so, yeah, it was like when she decided that she wasn't going to come anymore, that was it. And she didn't care, you know, if he filed contempt against her mom. She didn't care what happened or who got hurt. That's what she wanted and that's what she was doing. So, yeah, she's she's pretty stubborn. But I do think that a lot of it comes from, you know, bio mom kind of has always let her get away with, you know, whatever she wants. So Right. So is it your husband's parents or bio mom's parents that she lived with? It's actually my husband's stepmom. <laughs> really? Yes, yes. My husband was raised by his dad and his stepmom. And so he was actually in high school when my stepdaughter was born. So whenever he would do visitation, it was, you know, his stepmom kind of facilitating things as far as she would go with him to pick her up there. That way there wasn't any issues with the bio mom. And she was kind of always like the go between, you know, with them. And then she ended up taking on a lot of the parenting role for my stepdaughter. So yes, it's been, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of interesting. So does stepdaughter still live with step-grandma? Step-grandma? Yeah, yeah, she does actually. And her mom, you know, is supposed to have her about, what is that, like 99% of the time because he only has her one day a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's pretty much with her grandma. And so yeah, it's kind of wild. Grandma has her. We don't really know how much she sees her mom, but she sees my husband once a week and doesn't, you know, really see any of the kids. Okay. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Um, at first, I was very, very frustrated when she decided she didn't want to come anymore. It really hurt my husband's feelings. And, you know, when you care about somebody, it's hard for you to watch them get hurt. And, you know, it frustrated me because my kids really miss her. And they, you know, they talk about her a lot. Her brother talks about her a lot. And it just kind of felt like unnecessary drama. Like there was no real good reason for her to be doing that. So it was very, very frustrating. But since I've been trying to nacho, like, I don't have any control over it. And while it does, you know, hurt my kids, there's going to be a lot of things that happen, you know, that hurt them or bother them that I, you know, you just have to, like, take it as a teaching moment and just explain to them, yeah, the situation's hard, but, you know, we can't force her to come. And this is kind of where we are right now. So I've kind of made peace with it, but it still really stinks. Like she hasn't even met our ours baby at all. Oh, yeah. So it's not like you and her had this big blow up and y'all got in a fight and she decided she didn't want to come anymore. It was just she's 15 and didn't want to come anymore. Yeah. And we, I mean, we did butt heads quite a bit just because she was. Because you weren't nachoing? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. She was like, you know, leading lady in dad's life for a couple of years. And then, you know, I come into the picture and instead of, you know, well, what do you want for dinner? Where, where would you like to go? What do you want to do this weekend? It was, well, I have to check with Kelly. And she did not like that. And another thing that I think really negatively impacted my relationship with both of my stepkids is when I first moved in with my husband, 
weekend, he was every other weekend. And then he moved to 50-50. So I think he went from kind of Disney dad to, okay, this is real life. I have to get you to school in the morning. So you have to have a bedtime and you have to do your homework and you have to brush your teeth and you can't stay up till midnight. I think they associated a lot of those changes with me versus the schedule change because they were young. You know, they were like, oh, I want to say like four and 11 when that happened. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it was just kind of like, well, this new person's in our house and now the rules are changing and dad's not as fun anymore. And I mean, I can understand from a child's perspective why they would look at it that way, but it didn't make it any easier. Right. Definitely. But it makes sense that they would think that it was because of you. Because you you were the change, too. Yes. Yeah, I, me being there made it to where he didn't have to work two jobs anymore. He switched his schedule. He wasn't working night shift anymore. So then he could do week on week off with them as to where before I was living there, it wasn't even a possibility for him. So, you know, I did kind of catalyst that change, unfortunately. And I, in this situation, I do feel like the 50-50 had a negative impact, not only on our relationship, but on his relationship with them. Because now instead of seeing his daughter three or four nights every other weekend, it's, you know, once a week. And that's not very much. Right. Not much at all. Yeah. Even at 15, I, I think that, you know, it's not very much. No, it's not. Now, what about stepson? What's his relationship like with your husband? They're really close. They like a lot of the same things. You know, they're very, very similar personalities, but I I can definitely see a shift. He will sometimes on his mom's weekends, he will go spend the night with stepdaughter so that they can see each other. And she has expressed very many negative opinions about me and my husband to him. So he will come back to our house and kind of reiterate those things. And my husband has to kind of try to explain it without over-involving him in adult things you know, why that's incorrect or, you know, that's her feeling, but you don't have to feel the same way, you know, and he tries to explain things and he's just really, you know, starting to resist coming to our house too. And he's made some comments like, well, when I'm her age, you know, I won't have to come here as much. And my husband's like, well, hopefully that's not the case, but I can see things starting to shift. So it's almost instead of parental alienation, by the bio mom, it's parental alienation by the stepkid or by the bio kid. It really is. He last Christmas, so it's been about a year, he had come back to our house and he had been spending a lot of time with her on his mom's weeks. And I had picked up that day and this was the last time I've done an exchange. Normally we would do them at school, but right now because of where everything's at, we're homeschooling. And so my husband exchanges right with BM. I don't, I'm not involved in that at all anymore. The last time I was, we have to meet at a public place and I had come to the location to pick him up and he just threw an all out tantrum because it was me and not my husband. And oh man, people were looking at me like I was trying to kidnap him. And it was so embarrassing. And she just fed right into it, like hugging on him. And I'm so sorry you have to go with her. And just, I mean, it was drama. It was to the point where I almost said, listen, I'll just have him call you and come pick him up because this is out of hand. And finally, he just got in my car and we left. And when I got back to the house, my husband just met me there. And he's like, you know, he could tell something. He's like, what happened? And I told him and he got after him and was like, you know, that's not okay for you to do that to her. He's like, she's done a million pickup drop-offs with you. You know, well, my stepson starts in with, she's a stranger. 
he told me that I'm not a real, you know, same last name as them because I wasn't born with that last name. And my husband's like, no, that's legally her last name. Like, (laughs) where is this coming from? He said I was a stranger. My husband said, no, she's lived with you for five years now. She's not a stranger. You know her very well. And he just kind of kept going with all of these negative things about me that my husband would say, well, that's not true. And kind of what next? And they carried on for about an hour. And finally, he calmed him down. And when he came out of the room that they were talking in, he came to me and he said, I know exactly where all of that came from. And I said, where? And he said, from his daughter. He said, I've heard her say almost every single thing that he just said. And it was hard. It was really hard for me not to be upset and, you know, not to take it out on him because it's like, you know, you're causing all this unnecessary chaos. And for what reason? It's a lot sometimes. Well, and you want to say to stepdaughter, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Or not you necessarily, but the dad, what are you doing trying to make his life harder? Yeah. But in her mind, she's telling him her truth. Yes, absolutely. That's so accurate. That's so sad. It is. It's very sad. He may need to go to counseling. Well, I've brought that up a couple times and my husband's a little hesitant about that because he's afraid that if he starts, you know, saying, oh, well, my my stepmom's so mean to me and my stepmom this and my stepmom that, I think he's nervous that we'll end up not having 50-50, which I don't think that'll ever happen because I know we're not doing anything we're not supposed to be doing. And I think he needs help, but I, you know, I can't take him there myself. That's right. Yeah. So you nacho the stepdaughter. Do you nacho the stepson as well? I do now. Actually, when we were discussing what we were going to do for schooling, because we have a small baby, we had decided that I would just continue to stay home from work. We have what's called distance learning at our school. So basically, the kids are on a Zoom meeting like they would be in a classroom. It's very guided. So I'm not on my own as much as like normal homeschool would be. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're still, you know, at home. Well, So he had told BM that he wanted to do that with with stepson. You know, he wanted to keep him out of school. And so she agreed. Him and I have butted heads a lot over schoolwork. And so I had told my husband, I really want to step back. I don't want to be, you know, over involved in his schoolwork. Well, he kind of took that to the extreme and decided that he would have my mother-in-law do schooling with him. So it started out that my stepson was staying over there like during the week so that mother-in-law could help with his schooling. And then it turned into my husband and my stepson spending all of dad's week over at mother-in-law. Wow. So every other week, he's over there. With stepdaughter too, though, right? No, it's not stepmother-in-law. It's bio mother-in-law. She's a treat. (laughs) We're kind of doing that living separate. Yeah. And and we see this a lot that the stepmom tries to talk to the husband and women like to vent. We know that. And she's venting and she's wanting some type of resolution, but he takes it to extremes. Yes. So you really don't see your husband, but every other week. Yes. Wow. How's that working out for you? It's really not. I'm really not happy with it. He doesn't seem super happy with it either, but I think that he's kind of still in that stubborn, like, you know, I've made this decision and I'm going to I'm going to show you maybe, you know, that's kind of how it feels right now. Mm-hmm. How far away does the mother-in-law live from y'all? Maybe five minutes. I mean, she's very close. 
So it's not like he couldn't get off work and pick his son up and come home. My stepson's bio mom has always been kind of the mindset that, you know, she's just high conflict and she likes to make things difficult. So whenever my stepdaughter would get my stepson riled up and he would come home and say things to his mom, she would definitely jump on the bandwagon and call my husband and say, well, you know, he just told me X, Y, Z and your daughter's backing this up. And why are you still with her? And, you know, yada, yada. Well, so she's been kind of down his neck, I'd say for the good last year, you know, that I'm the problem. And so not long ago, she had made a comment to my husband that he's going to end up losing his son just like he did his daughter. And I think that really kind of hit him hard. And so he has been kind of trying to keep a little bit of a separation, I think, between me and my stepson. And it's kind of ironic because he's been like falling back on BM for a lot of things. So the other day they had a picture day set up at the school where all of the distance learning children were to come in to get their picture taken. Well, it was my husband's week and I didn't say anything to him about it because I'm not supposed to be involved with school stuff. So I kept my mouth shut thinking that my mother-in-law would be bringing him. Well, I pull up to the school and bio mom has him there at the school for his picture day. Well, come to find out my husband had dropped him off and he spent the night at BioMoms so that he could do his pictures the next day. And then my husband picked him up after school. So he's like deferring to her for help for all these things. And he's ending up missing time with his son because I'm not doing those things anymore. And I have a feeling she's going to end up, you know, trying to get his 50-50 removed because he's not utilizing his time. And all of this because you were struggling with the stepson and the distance learning. Mm-hmm. That just seems a bit extreme. Yes. Surely you've talked to your husband about this. Yeah. And I've told him that I don't think that it's what's best. And I think that, you know, if my stepson thinks that he's pulling the strings to this extent, like that he can just cause this huge division of our family, I think he's going to start to end up in a situation where his behavior is looking a lot more like my stepdaughter. And I don't think that that's best for him. But at the end of the day, they have to be the ones to make those decisions. Yeah. So the weeks that your husband comes back, are things weird? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. And my kids are kind of like, what in the heck is going on? You know, because my oldest son's almost 11 and he's just like, what, you know, what's going on? (laughs) And not only that, but your husband is missing out on time with your hours, baby. That's honestly the biggest struggle that I have. Like he missed his first Halloween. And I think that moms are sometimes more sentimental about those kinds of things. But I'm going to have a really hard time if he misses out on his first Christmas because I don't see the purpose. Like why, you know, if you're not working on the weekends, why aren't you guys here at least on the weekends? Or like I said, get off work. Thank your mom for taking care of the kid during the day. Take him home. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not left alone with you. Yeah, as long as he's not left alone with me, you know, it, you would think it would be fine. But it's to the point now where it almost seems like he doesn't want him to have any contact with me at all. Right. Which means that he's not going to have any contact with his baby brother. Yes, which also bothers me because, like, family is a very important thing to me. And I don't think that I would be okay with my kids not having a relationship with each other. And then he's not forging relationships with your kids. Mm-hmm. My six-year-old, like, adores my stepson. They 
like he just thinks he's the coolest thing. And not that he doesn't have a good relationship with my 11 year old. Um, but you know, there's like a five year age gap to where with the eight year old, it's, you know, they're closer in age. Right. And yeah, he just thinks the world of him. And, you know, my stepson, when he's there, my son will be like, Hey, come play with me. And he's like, Nope, I don't want to. I'm fine. Like he just can't give him the time of day. And I just don't see that getting any better if they're not spending any time together at all. Right. So how long has it been since you've seen stepson? Like maybe two weeks. Like it hasn't been that long. We have a, like a little family tradition that we do every Halloween. And my husband missed the part where we went to the pumpkin patch and got pumpkins but the little Halloween party that we do afterwards they showed up for that and so that was fun you know we all hung out and did that together so I saw him then but yeah he had him all last week and I didn't see him at all stepmoms often complain that well I didn't know he was going to drop the kid off at Bio Moms and I didn't know that this is what was going on and it bothers them well yeah you are left completely out of the loop Yeah. And it does bother me that he's been leaning on her so much because I don't really, honestly, I don't really know why, you know, and it's, I had posted something in the group and everybody's like, well, that's his mom. He should be. And I, I understand that. And I agree, but I don't know why it bothers me, but it it really does. It bothers you because you're feeling excluded. Yes, that's true. That's very true. And it's like, you're non-existent the weeks that he has stepson. Mm hmm. I mean, it's almost like he's living two different lives. It is. And I'm not sure how that's comfortable for him. And when he stays at my mother-in-law's, like he has to sleep on the couch. And, you know, he was kind of like making some crappy comments about that the other day. And I just bit my tongue because he knows that he's being stupid. And he knows that that was his own choice. And he can undo it at any time he wants. And he's still choosing to go along with this decision that he made. And when did he make this decision? It's been about two and a half months now, I'd say. Wow. So this has been going on a while. Yeah. So prior to you seeing stepson on Halloween because of the Halloween party, how long had it been since you saw him before that? Before that, there was like a point where we went probably about five weeks and we didn't see him. And he had come over to the house the one day my husband stopped by to, I don't remember, he picked something up, a tool or something. He came inside to see the baby and and the boys. And I had heard like a noise at the door and I said something about, did you not latch the screen door? He said, no, I think it's stepson out there messing with it. And I said, oh, I didn't know he was here. He said, yeah, he didn't want to come in. And I just said, okay. And he was in there for a good 10 minutes. And then my stepson walked through the door and sat on the couch. And after a few minutes, he tried interacting with the baby and the baby wouldn't even look at him. And I could tell it really hurt my stepson's feelings. And later that night, uh, my husband texted me and said, you know, the baby didn't even recognize him. And I'm like, well, five weeks is a long time for a person that little, you know. And at that point, to me, it was like, this is going to click. Like that interaction right there is going to, you know, register to him that he is negatively impacting their relationship. And it didn't seem to really change anything. I mean, I think he got it, but I think that he thinks that the bigger picture is worth it. Like him not losing the visitation and the time with his son. I think he thinks that it's worth it. Well, here's the thing though, unless there is proof of you abusing these kids, he's not going to lose his time with his son just because they don't like you. Exactly. And I think that for a long time, that was 
you know, one of my big things was like, stand up for me, stand up for me, stand up for me. And it it doesn't matter. You know, it's like he could stand up for me all day and they're still going to dislike me. They're still going to talk bad about me. They're still going to try to get him to not like me. And the saddest part is it's all being done just to hurt my husband. It's like, you know, he's dated other people before me and they were the same way. So it's like, it's not me. It's not personal. It just comes down to the fact that they don't want to see him happy. And that is so, so sad. Do you think it's because they want him to get back with their mom, even though they have different moms? I think my stepdaughter wanted that in the beginning. And then when he got with my stepson's mom, I think, you know, at that point, she was like still kind of hoping her parents would get back together. But after he had split up with her, I think my stepdaughter just wanted dad alone. I think it was like, you know, I have a lot more influence, you know, like if she would tell him, you know, we want to go to the movies this weekend and out to dinner, he'd be like, okay. And that's what they would do. I think she wants him alone because then she's number one. Right. She can be the other adult in the household. So I think that's her end game. And I'm not really sure that my stepson really knows what he wants as an outcome because he's so young. I think they're trying to manipulate my husband and myself. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, to me, it seems that he's just a pawn in in their plan. This is just crazy to me. Yeah, it's a lot. Did you know you were going to get into all this? (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just glad everybody can't see my face because I'm like, what? I know. We have a lot of, you know, people trying to, what do they say, cooks in the kitchen. Uh, We have a lot working against us, that's for sure. Well, it's hard for me not to tell you, to tell your husband that he's making things worse, that if he wants his mom to do the school thing with his kid, fine. When you get off work, pick him up, bring him home. Yes. He's creating more of a divide, and you'll never have a relationship with this stepkid, ever, because you're not going to be around him. I agree. He doesn't have the opportunity to see how awesome you are and to see how loving you are. Yep, I agree. And I, you know, it's like we have things in common. We both like to draw. And so there's a woman that does art lessons and I had contacted her and was like, you know, could you do something with me and an eight-year-old? And she's like, oh, we could come up with, you know, anything you want. And so I had signed him and I up for this art lesson together and he was so excited about it, went home, came back. And then all of a sudden he didn't want to do it with me. Well, why can't I do it with my dad? And I had already paid for it. And so I had told my husband, I said, well, you know, if you want to take him, that's fine. I said it was, you know, I wanted it to be him and I. Well, he refused. He didn't want to go with me. So we ended up not going. And that either came from stepdaughter or by a mom. Yes. And I constantly try to make these connections with him, you know, because my husband's always told me, and I come from, you know, a blended family too. And so I, you know, kind of talk to my dad and I would talk to my stepmom. She passed away a couple of years ago, but I would kind of, you know, bounce things off of them, like, because they made it look so easy. <laughs> they, I mean, my mom really gave them a hard time, but they made it look like they were not bothered one single bit by anything that my mom did. And it wasn't until I was an adult and had some conversations with my stepmom that she was like, you would not believe the arguments your dad and I got in, the times that I cried, nights I sat there thinking, what the heck am I doing? Because, you know, she was 
she was younger. She was, you know, just out of, I think, a couple years out of high school. And then she's getting married to my dad with three kids. <laughs> so I used to kind of just, you know, talk with them about things. And my dad's constantly like basically telling me to nacho without knowing that it's a thing, you know. And yeah, I definitely um, did a lot of things wrong. <laughs> we all have. We all have. Yeah, yeah. You know, you live and you learn, but yeah. usually when we kick into the nacho process, it allows us to heal those relationships, but you're yeah. not given that opportunity. Yeah, and I uh, I guess I'm just kind of in the position where you're supposed to disengage and then eventually re-engage, and... I guess I'm kind of in the place where I feel like maybe this is my husband working through that disengaging process. And then eventually we'll get to the point where we can all re-engage and, you know, maybe it'll be like a reset and it'll go well. That is a great way to look at it. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, I'm really proud of you for you to be able to look at it from that standpoint. Well, thank you, because it's not been easy. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking if that was me, I'd say, okay, I'll play you a little silly game. Until such and such time. I would like have a deadline. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the right way because, see, that's out of emotion, not out of my heart, I guess. Yeah. It's out of frustration and just, that's just crazy to me. But as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm thinking, what's going to happen around Christmas when the kids are out of school for a couple weeks? Yeah. Hopefully, your husband will bring that kid back home then. Yes. And, you know, hopefully the holidays and our traditions and things like that can kind of, you know, bring us back together. And if my husband's there, you know, and we're not left alone, I don't really see, you know, how it could be a bad thing. But that's the thing, you know, he likes me when he's allowed to. There was the one weekend after my husband had, you know, they had spent the week at grandma's house and then they were over at the house for a couple hours and the baby was starting to get fussy. It was getting close to bedtime, but I wasn't ready for him to go to sleep yet. So I told my husband I was going to take him for a walk in the stroller. Well, my stepson jumps right up and he's like, can I come with you? Can I come with you? And I was kind of nervous because, you know, we had just moved into this kind of um, new way of doing things. And it was, you know, because he was kind of saying bad things about me. And, you know, he's said a lot of bad things about me before. And so I was really kind of nervous. Yeah, I mean, you don't want him to come back and go, she tried to push me in front of a car. Exactly. So um, I actually recorded our, our whole walk. And I'm not kidding you. This kid talked to me for 25 minutes straight and was just in the best mood ever. He was laughing and joking. And I mean, I maybe got 10 words in. This kid was just talk, 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 talk. So I came home and, you know, didn't really say anything to my husband um, because I was just kind of waiting to see if he would say that something happened, but he didn't. And um, it did come up later in conversation. And I was like, you know, he really does like me when he's allowed to. Um, I have, he has like iMessage on his iPad Mm -hmm. and they can text me and my husband only, but I have text messages from him. Um, I love you. You're so awesome. You're amazing. Sending me little emojis all day. You know, it's like when he doesn't have somebody telling him not to like me, he does. So that's probably one of the biggest things that frustrates me is, you know, he likes me. My husband knows he likes me and it, it's really hard to not feel like he's letting outside influences have way too much control over what happens. I completely agree. Yeah. And that poor kid. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, well, I like her. And then 
He goes around stepdaughter or by a mom, whoever is feeding his brain full of this negativity. Mm -hmm. And then he probably feels bad for liking you because they don't. Yes. And so he ups his game of not liking you. Yes, very much. He had, I think it was last Thanksgiving, they were doing a pie tasting in his class. And he came home and had asked me if I would make an apple pie with him. So we did. And I took some pictures of us and posted them on Facebook. And Biomom must have somehow seen them or heard about them because the next time he was at our house, one of my kids had their iPad and they were like, come take a picture with us. He now refuses to take any pictures with anyone in my house. Not his dad, not me, not the other kids. When he was really little, I was dropping him off at school one day and I was holding his hand, walking him up to the school in the parking lot and his mom pulled in to drop off his older brother and he saw her and immediately let go of my hand. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's worried he's going to hurt her feelings or if he's worried she's going to say something to him or what. But yeah, he's definitely been taught that he can't like me. You know what's interesting? When David's kids would be with their mom and they would have some kind of function at school and we would go, the kids would acknowledge David with maybe a head nod or a wave, but it's not like they interacted with him at all. Mm -hmm. It was weird, but it's because their mom talked crap about David all the time and they didn't want to hurt her feelings and they didn't want to hear her mouth. Yes. When we were growing up, my mom was the same way. She would get really frustrated if we were at a school event and my dad would show up and we would go say hi to him and my stepmom and my little sisters. And, you know, it was almost like it embarrassed her. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't care. I would always go say hi to my dad and I would, you know, let her, you know, if she ran her mouth, she could run her mouth. And it didn't bother me. I just was like, I'm not doing that. You know, my dad showed up for me. I'm going to go be respectful and say hi and thank you for coming and, and talk to him. Well, my younger brother definitely developed the attitude of I'm not even going to go over there because I don't want to have to deal with her. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to listen to her yell at me all night. I'm just not doing it. And I think my dad understood, you know, what was going on. So he never really took it out on my brother. But I feel like even now as an adult, I feel like my brother feels very, very guilty about that. You know, not like standing up for himself and being like, no, that's wrong. I'm not doing that. But we were kids, you know. Right. And I know, um, My son's father and I do not get along. Mm -hmm. We didn't get along when we were together. So no surprise that we don't get along now. Yeah. (laughs) I remember he used to accuse me of trying to have family moments in the Bilo parking lot, you know, through the visitation exchange. Yes. Okay. So me asking, has he eaten when Jackson was a baby? I mean, you know, you kind of need to know these things. The kid can't tell you. That was me trying to have family moments. Okay. So whatever. But he made a comment to me one time and he said, don't ever think that we're going to be sitting beside each other watching him play a basketball game or something like that. And I said, let me tell you something. I will tell Jackson to go to your side and see his daddy. He's not going to stand on the middle of the court confused at what to do. Right. It's ridiculous. It is. And I've always been the one that, you know, like the first couple school events, after my husband and I got together and my stepson was like three. So it was like, that was all new territory. I always, because of my experiences, made sure that I was like, go say hi to your mom. You need to go have a couple minutes over there because she showed up for you. I always made sure that he knew that we weren't awkward about it. Whatever she says and does, 
you know, on her end of it, that's her problem. And, you know, they'll have to make amends with that later in life when he's an adult and understands everything. But from our house, not going to be like that. And, you know, we've heard him say things like, I'm not supposed to talk about you guys at my mom's house. So his mom had a baby about a month and a half before we had our baby. And I'm telling you, my kid can't sneeze without him being like, my brother already does that. My brother already has a tooth. My brother already crawled. My brother already rolled over. And it is so frustrating because I feel like my kid can't even be his own person without being compared to somebody else's child. You know, my husband's gotten frustrated a couple times and been like, not necessarily said this, but he kind of gets that edge hit. Like, cool story, bro. Like, stop, stop bringing him up. You know, he gets kind of frustrated with him. But mm -hmm. I've just always tried really hard to be like, that's awesome. Like, so cool. You know, whenever he talks about his mom or whatever, because for one, I don't want him to ever think that he can't talk to us about little stuff because that's when they don't come to you about big stuff. Right. And for two, I don't want him to have that ammo to where he can go home and be like, oh, yeah, I said something about you. And Kelly was like, mm, we don't want to hear that. You know, like, I just don't want to give him any ground to start anything more. Right. That's so sad. It is. And I'm just like, nope, I'll let him like he can talk about her all day if he wants to. <laughs> Yeah. And in your head, you're wanting to go, oh, I'm sure that your other brother, he's already accepted to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how they make it. That's how he makes it sound. He's already talking. And I'm like, eh, is he though? <laughs> when the hate for your ex overrides the love for your child, you have a problem. Yeah. And they are hurting this little boy. Yeah. One of the biggest things I think I've learned with Nacho is I think a lot of us, especially stepmoms, we have the best intentions and, and we want to do what we think is best. But the thing is, nine times out of 10, your significant other is also trying to do what they think is best. And we could both be wrong, but like, I kind of get it from my mom. Like my mom's constantly telling me this, you know, you're not doing this right. You're doing this wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing that. And so I get it. I mean, it's so frustrating to be trying to do what you think is best for your child and having somebody constantly telling you that it's wrong. And sometimes I do think it's good to get an outside person's perspective, but sometimes it's not solicited and it's not well received and you kind of have to gauge your audience and when you can make suggestions and when you can't. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from that is my husband is doing what he thinks is best. Even if I don't think it's what's best, he's trying to put his best foot forward and do his best for his child. Have you talked to your husband about how you feel like this is negatively impacting everyone? When he kind of told me this was his plan, I told him that I thought that it was going to do more harm than good. But I, I don't know. Like, I had brought up Nacho and I thought was a very, like, light way. And he wouldn't even try it. Like, he wouldn't, wouldn't even, like, let me explain, wouldn't try it. And I kept telling him, would you please just try it and see, you know what I mean? Like, if you give it an honest effort and try it. So... I told him it wasn't what I wanted to do. I told him that I didn't think that it was a good idea. But at the end of the day, I kind of felt like, you know, how can I ask him to do something that feels totally insane to him and just say, you know, just try it if I'm not willing to just try his solution? That's a very good point. I don't know. I just I kind of feel like 
it can be undone. Like, you know, what's happening right now, like it can be undone. We can work our way back to kind of where it was before. You know, it's not like he's done anything that's irreversible. So if it doesn't work, okay, we've learned from this, you know, we can move ahead now knowing that this is not the best solution for us. I just don't know that he's there yet with that realization. And as everybody knows, you you know, men need to think that it's their idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't really, you know, force things on them. So as hard as it is, I just kind of feel like, you know, if this is what he needs to do to, to figure this part of the process out, then I don't really know what else to do. Right. You know, maybe this time away could almost introduce him to the next step being nachoing. That's another thing I'm really hoping. You know, because he's at the extreme now. He hasn't just allowed you to disengage, which is the first step. He's removed you from the situation completely. Yes, completely. I'm just curious if, you know, say a month or two down the road, whatever, whenever the time is right and the next step is let's try to bring them back into the home and let's try mm-hmm. not showing, like, would he be willing to or be open to learn more about the not showing to where he doesn't think it's a horrible thing? I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that eventually we get to that point because I do think that it would be very beneficial for our whole family. But every time I've brought it up, it's like he gets very defensive. And I think one of the big reasons that he doesn't like it is because I also want him to not show my children to an extent. So we have my oldest who his dad has not been in the picture since pretty much after we conceived him. And my husband has been there. We dated when I was in high school. He had just got out of high school. And then we dated up until about a year after I graduated. And I had my son when I was 19. And he was there, I mean, through the pregnancy while I gave birth, wanted to sign his birth certificate. And I just told him no, because we were just dating at the time. And I was worried that if something happened, I didn't want him to end up having to be like responsible for child support on a child that wasn't actually his. I didn't think that that was right. So he's been his dad. I mean, his entire life. And my son knows he's not his biological dad, but he still doesn't really understand what that means. And then my six-year-old, my husband's been there since about his first birthday. So he really has, you know, raised my kids with me. And my dad will say things like, you know, he has earned his place as their parent. I mean, he's been there for that long. He's done all of it. And I do agree with him to a certain extent, but there are some things that I wish my husband would nacho. And I think that's where his sensitivity comes in to it is that he doesn't want to give anything up when it comes to my oldest son, because I feel like he's feels this he feels like dad yes yeah he's he's had to fight for his place in his life you know against other people and to him it probably feels like well haven't i proven myself and to me and to my son absolutely he's his dad no matter what but yeah there are some things that i think that if he would kind of lean back a little bit it would improve their relationship and it i think it would improve our relationship too but i think that's where his hesitation comes in is he doesn't want to give up one of his kids essentially Well, he's giving him up every other week. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I can see him thinking, no, I can't nacho your kids because I've been their father figure for so long. Yes. But as you know, there's different levels to nachoing. And if you think he's too strict on your kids, it doesn't matter if he's been there since the day after they were conceived. 
They're yes. your kids, not his. Yes. And it's going to bother you. Yes. And if he could just step back a tad with those, just say, five things that you're concerned with, then everything else would be good. I think so, yeah. So in high school, you got pregnant. So we dated when I was in high school, and then we broke up. I mean, we were young, and I think we were trying to be too serious, and, you know, it just didn't work. But So we were dating, we broke up, and then not long after that, I ended up pregnant. And that relationship should have never started, but it didn't work out. And so he kind of was in rescue mode and was like, oh my gosh, like I still really care about you, and now you're by yourself and you're pregnant. And he had already had his daughter. And so he was just there. I mean, every step of the way, actually, after my son was born, we had got engaged. Well, then he moved out of state and he wanted us to go with him. And being a young mom, I was like, I really don't want to leave my family. Like they are so much help for me and my son. And it was just really scary for me to think about being so far away from them. So he ended up going and we tried to do the long distance thing for a while. And I was like, maybe 20, 21. We were really young and it just, you know, we didn't last with the long distance thing. And so we just kind of went about our lives and each had another child and then kind of found each other again and reconnected. And, you know, like I said, my dad and my stepmom made it look like it was so easy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I get these two extra kids and this is so exciting. And, you know, I had boys and now I have a girl and, you know, it just like I had the highest of hopes. And then I way overdid everything. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't go the way that I thought it would. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story. Yes, we definitely do have a very interesting story. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I told you a minute ago, I was very proud of you for being able to try to find the positive in this situation. Yeah. And that is the only thing that you can do that's healthy right now. Yeah. And having that hope is not ridiculous. It's not crazy. It's a true hope, and it's a possible reality. We don't know, but you can't let go of that hope. Yes, I think he needs to go through the process, and I mean, it's taken me five, well, I wouldn't say the full five years. I'd say probably about four years it took me to realize that my approach was wrong. You know, there were a lot of things that I did wrong. I did step on toes. But again, it did come from a place of good intentions. But when you're the bio mom, you're not going to see that. You're just going to see somebody stepping on my toes. And I need to tell her that she needs to not do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, it took me a good four years to learn that. And this past year with, you know, being quarantined and kind of stuck, I've been doing a lot of self-work and counseling and, you know, just a lot of things to work on myself and I've, you know, realized these things that I've done wrong. And that's probably another thing that has my husband in the position he's in is not being able to see fully the things that I want to do different and the things that I have learned. You know, he's not in my head, so he he can't see that. All I can do is show him that, you know, yes, moving forward, there are things that I would like to be different. But I think that he's going to get to a point where he has to go through the process that I'm going through now. And maybe he's doing that too. I'm, you know, again, I'm not in his head, so I'm not quite sure, you know, maybe this needed to happen for both of us to be able to realize some stuff about ourselves and what we need to do differently. Right. When he's gone and he's staying with his mother, do Mm -hmm. y'all communicate every day? 
Yeah, I mean, he still calls me on his breaks at work and will text me and he asked me to send him pictures and videos and stuff of the baby and he asks about my kids every day too. It's always, how's everybody doing? He comes over almost every day. Sometimes he only stays for five minutes. Sometimes he'll stay for a couple hours and have dinner. But yeah, he just generally doesn't bring my stepson with him. Hmm. Like you said, hopefully this is just a phase and part of the process. Yes. And eventually, who knows, maybe Christmas will be the time when that will change a little bit because the kid won't have school and he'll have more time. And, you know, I don't know what your husband's work schedule is. Does he get time off at Christmas? Well, the plant that he's working at actually just got shut down his last days today. So he will be jobless. And I'm not working because of COVID. I'm homeschooled with the kids. So that's another layer of stress that we now get to deal with is trying to find him a job. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to impact things moving forward, because if he's able to be home during the day and do schooling, then they, you know, definitely there's no reason for them to not be at our house. So we'll have to see about that. But usually when he's working, he will get like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. Right. I don't know. We'll just see moving forward where we go from here, I guess. (laughs) Well, I really hate that he got laid off, but I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I am too. And I have no doubt that he will find a better job. But this little break in between may be what both of you need for him to be able to move back home and him be there to school the child and to help start rebuilding that relationship. Yes. But I can tell from talking to you that you're letting him find his way with this and you're not pushing him. Very much. And that's one of the things that I'm really, really trying to work at because if it were this time last year, I would be on him. You're being ridiculous. This is not helping anybody. Why are you doing this? Kind of bombarding him. And that's not worked in the past. So I need to stop doing that. And yes, I very much just kind of am hanging back, you know, and letting him find his way. And it's not been easy because, you know, I do miss him and want him. I want him there. I want my stepson there. I feel like I've essentially lost a whole child. And a husband. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's my baby is teething right now and he's sick. He had a fever last night and we have a little sock monitor that he wears and it tells you how many times he wakes up and his longest sleep segment. He woke up 16 times last night and his longest sleep segment was an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just not having even somebody to sit at the edge of the bed with you. You know, it's just like I'm doing it all by myself. I feel like a single mom again. You are doing it by yourself. Yeah. And it's different when you're doing it by yourself and you are by yourself, but you're married and doing it by yourself. And that just makes it more frustrating. Yes. It's like, that's not what we agreed to. I agreed to have another baby thinking I was going to have full-time help this time. And now I'm not. And so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard sometimes like last night, four o'clock in the morning when he was up screaming and couldn't take a bottle because he can't breathe out of his nose. And I'm thinking, man, I just want to text him and be like, I hate you right now because you're probably sleeping just fine. And I'm in the thick of it by myself and it's not fair. Then in the daylight, when I'm using my non-emotional brain and my logical brain, I'm thinking if it were a work night, I wouldn't have woke him up anyway. Not intentionally. If he had heard the baby wake up and got up, 
he would have helped, but like, I probably wouldn't have woken him up every time anyways. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, I try to rationalize it like, well, how much help would I have really gotten? But yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to try to stay in that logical mindset all the time. But one thing that we've learned is you don't have serious conversations under four circumstances. If you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely, or you're tired. Yes. And I commend you so much for letting him find his way and not pushing him because I don't know your relationship with him, but I can promise you, you pushing him is not going to have a positive outcome. Absolutely. A lot of family members and things are becoming aware of this situation because I obviously have not been broadcasting it and neither has he really, but people are kind of starting to question things. And I've been getting a lot of you're being a doormat and I can't believe you're letting him do this to you. He's being so unfair to you. And it's hard not to listen to that sometimes because like last night, yeah, I was definitely like, they're right. This isn't fair to me. And this isn't, you know, what I wanted. And what I was told it was going to be and all of these things, but pushing him's not going to get a good outcome. And at the end of the day, he's either going to come home or him being gone is going to be the permanent situation. And I just have to be okay with myself no matter which way he goes. And it's like hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Like if he does decide this is a permanent thing, we may not end up being together. And so I need to prepare for that while also hoping that that's not the way that it goes. But I mean, we don't really have control over anything like, oh, let's have another baby. And when you do that, that first year, your family is coming over and they're experiencing all of these milestones with you and baby's first this and baby's first that. And a lot of things we haven't been able to do like normal because of COVID. So it's like even having a baby this experience that I thought was going to be a certain way because we're married this time and and we planned him and all of these things that were going to make it such a better experience, that didn't pan out either. So at the end of the day, you don't have control over a lot of things that you think you have control over. Like just keep chugging along and oh, you just handle your business that you have control over and the chips fall where they may and you do what you do with them. So, you know, it's kind of where things are. Right. It is. And one thing we have in the Nacho Kids Academy is the Changers Thinking Thinking Challenge. And it's where find the silver lining in the cloud, focus on the positive. Yeah. And you are doing that. Yeah. And I'm just amazed at your strength during this because you're like, not nonchalant about it, but you're like, okay, you know, he needs time to figure this out and I'm not going to jump the gun and I'm not going to push him and I'm not going to threaten to divorce him every two minutes. Yes, definitely not. And he had brought that up on the very beginning of starting this. And I've received a lot of unsolicited advice on that too. Well, you should have called his bluff and said, fine, go do it. And I just kept telling him, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. If that's what you want, you know, you are fully capable of making your own decisions and I respect that, but I love you and that's not what I want. And so far it's, it's not gotten to that point. So I have to feel like that's not what he wants. So I think it was more just a conversation of could come to this, but I feel like any marriage could. Well, and I feel like he just doesn't know what to do right now. Yes, I think that is probably about 100% of it. And I think when you push somebody, 
into making a decision. They don't generally make a good decision. They make an irrational, emotional decision, you know, and later you both end up regretting that. You're exactly right. Well, I'm so glad you have a good head on your shoulders because if not, you would not be where you are right now. And girl, don't go to Facebook groups. Yeah. Ninety <laughs> you know, percent. I would even venture to say that 95 percent of people would tell you you need to leave him. Yeah. Well, yes. And it's even people who know him and know our whole story and friends and family of ours. And I mean, obviously, I haven't talked to many people about it because I know I'll get all kinds of advice. But it's like the very few people that do kind of know what's going on. Yeah. They're like, why are you doing this? I would have left. I would have this. I would have that. Oh, yeah. Let me leave. And I've got my new baby. And that means that I'm going to only probably have my child half of his life rather than me trying to work on this. Yes. But I get it because they feel like he has abandoned you and they care about you. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people in the Facebook groups don't know you and they're just going, oh, heck no, girl, I wouldn't deal with that. And I'm sure it does because there are days where I also feel like I've been abandoned. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, yes, he has. But in a sense, no, because like financially, he's still supporting us and making sure that in that aspect, the kids don't know any different. We've not had to cut anything out because I wouldn't be able to do it by myself right now because I'm not working. So like he's still taking care of those kinds of things and he's still showing up and contacting us and he doesn't come over and only talk to the baby and like exclude me and the kids. Like he's trying to maintain something. But yeah, I do feel like he feels very torn between this family that he wants to have and his kids acting like it's the end of the world. Yeah. And I get it. I do. You know, if you told me, no, you didn't talk to him during the week while he was with his kid or he didn't ask about the baby and he doesn't have to ask about your kids, but he does because he loves them. Yeah. So it's almost like, okay, for sanity purposes, let's not think that he's five minutes down the road. Yeah. <laughs> let's think that he's out of town with work or he's yeah. out of town seeing his kid every other week. And then that makes it not sound so bad. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure people have lived through crazier things. Like there are people who decide to live completely separate and that's not like a weekend thing. That's like a permanent everyday thing. I don't think I'd be able to handle that. But then again, I've never been in that situation. If you had asked me two years ago, if I would agree to the situation I'm in now, I'd tell you heck no. So I don't know. I think sometimes you end up in these situations and you just kind of got to make the best of it. Yeah. Nobody knows what they would do until they're in that situation. And it's one of those things too, where It's easy for people on the outside to say what they would do. But again, I'm going to go high with my percentage here. 85% of what people tell you they would do, they're not going to do. Yeah. Because it's easy to give advice for relationships you're not in or repercussions you don't have to deal with. Yeah. So again, I'm just, I'm proud of you for how you're handling this. I'm proud of you for being the strong mom you are. And yeah, it might suck that you're up at night dealing with things by yourself. But with that mindset, it's all about perspective. It's not that he's abandoned you. He's trying to save his family. And that family includes stepson. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You know, I'm going to want you back on here because I want to know what's happening. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we'll have to update and let you know how everything plays out. Yes. 
Now, we don't have to wait for you to get back on here. You can, you know, message me on Facebook or whatever and tell me how things are going. But I definitely want to have a follow up to this on a podcast for other people to hear how things went because I know it's going to go good. Yeah. And it might help somebody. I mean, even if somebody could (laughs) let their husband listen to it or even their wife, whoever is hesitant to nacho. And I think if we had started it sooner, I don't think it would have come to this extreme of a disengagement. But I mean, I didn't really know any other way. I mean, my sister's 22 and she's with a guy who has kids and my sister has no kids. And she's constantly texting me, telling me situations that my husband and I used to argue about years ago. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, my stepdaughter's room is trashed and I don't understand how she can't keep it clean. And I'm like, shut the door. Well, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. You know, and it's like I'm trying to get her to not make the mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. She's not at that point in the process where she can hear that perspective yet. Right. And one thing, too, is I don't want people to think that your husband decided to make these changes because you decided to nacho. Correct. There's definitely other things. It's a little bit more than that. There's other things going on too. Nobody's cheating or anything like that, but just resentment issues, I think, from not nachoing sooner. I mean, yes, from that perspective, if you put it that way, I could see how somebody would think that it's because I decided to disengage. I think it's because we should have done it a long time ago and everything kind of bottled up to this. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's because stepson is being fed a bunch of crap from stepdaughter and by a mom, probably. And that's just filtering down. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kelly, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. I'm not going to keep you any longer. I don't want people to go, oh, my gosh, you're going into two hours on these podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> But they're so good, and we need to know the backstory. If we would have just came in and told 20 minutes of your story, it wouldn't have made sense. Yes. We needed details, girl, and you gave them to us. Yes. Good. I'm glad. Well, like I said, please keep your hope up. Yeah. Feel free to message me anytime if you're feeling down and out, and I'll find something stupid or silly to send you because (laughs) I want you to keep the attitude you have because that's going to be crucial in saving your blend. Yes. I agree. All right. Well, you go love on that baby and take care. You too. And who knows? Maybe we can talk to DH one day. Yes, I'm hoping. Maybe next time he'll be able to join me and tell you guys his side of why he decided to mega disengage. (laughs) That would be great. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you again. All right. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As you listen to this interview, you get more details and you realize that dad is worried about losing the stepson. Mm -hmm. He, quote, quote, has lost the stepdaughter because she doesn't want to come over. Right. And she's living with the (laughs) step-grandma. Yeah. And so there's a lot of issues. And even the bio mom said, oh, you're going to end up losing stepson like you did stepdaughter. Mm. And of course... Who's the target for most of this? Stepmom is. Yes. Scapegoat stepmom (laughs) is the target because that's what we're for. Mm. I can understand him being afraid of losing his kid, but I would also be afraid that he's going to lose his wife and his other kid. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got to feel so confused and torn and 
Yeah, it's that pressure pot, you know, feeling that, you know, you can't see me obviously on the podcast, but (laughs) you know, it's that if I put one hand on one side of my face and the other hand on the other side of my face and then just smash it as hard as I can, that's what it feels like because you're stuck in the middle and you've got, you've got your new wife. I mean, I know they've been married for a few years, but still (laughs) you got your wife and you're like fighting to keep that and fix the problems there. And then you got your, your kids and you're fighting to fix that and, you know, keep that going, but they don't all mesh together. And so you're torn, right? You're torn between two different and sometimes even more than two, uh, but two different things that you're trying to fix and you can't bring everything together and fix it, even though that's eventually what has to happen. It's, it's a terrible place to be. It's very, very, very stressful. Yeah. And, Cause you know, dude don't want to live with his mama 50% of the time. No, I doubt that. And the other part of it is how much is his mom playing into the problem or solution because i don't know which side that she's on right but i can tell you <laughs> my mom would probably be like i don't understand why you're with Lori. if you have to live over here why don't you just get rid of her and why don't you know what i'm saying and and then you she would say that on a good day <laughs> well i don't she would anymore but yeah back <laughs> back when we were going through that yeah absolutely yeah um and, but then it gets you to thinking like am i making the right decisions should i even be with her Maybe the best decision is to, you know, get a divorce. And I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. It's, mm. But, you know, our situation was different because we didn't have an hour's baby. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking about him. And he's like, I can't. So for me and you, we could have just been like, okay, we're done. You take your kid and go home. I'll take my kids and go home. Yeah, the home I sold. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for him, it's like, dude, I, I got another kid involved that, you know, I can't just walk away with my kids. Now I've got another potential step family involved because <laughs> if he if he got married a third time, now he's got two uh, bio moms to deal with and two set of stepkids to deal with and all that. I mean, it's just it just compounds the problem. So and, and it sounds like he's he's trying to do something and it's it's taking the pressure off at the moment, which feels amazing. The problem that I often see is that once the pressure's off, people stop there. And it's like, no, 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 you haven't you haven't addressed the issue. Right. You're just taking the pressure off. We see that in the academy a lot of times. People come in and like literally within a week or two, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, I have so much less stress. And and you can tell that a lot of the pressure is coming off of them. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them go, I think I'm good. <laughs> and you're like, What? Yeah. No, you're not good. You've got to keep going. And and most people do, but there are a few that that don't and Almost without fail, we hear back from those people a few weeks later and like, oh, my gosh, things are worse now than they were before. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't address any of the problems. You just took the pressure off. Yes. That's why there's so much more to the Nacho Kids method than just the disengaging part. Right. The disengaging part is really the part that takes the pressure off. It's not the part that actually addresses the problems. Right. Okay. All right. So that is our show for today. Have a good Christmas holiday and, uh, you know. Maybe uh, 2021 will be better than 2020. No, no, no. No maybes. Oh, it will be. Yes, it will be. So, and we'll be talking more about all kind of stuff coming into 2021. Got a lot of uh, stuff planned for Nacho Kids. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a good year. Yes, it is. All right. So join us next week. We have another episode of the Nacho Kids podcast crew. Lori and David. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll see you folks next week. 
And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.